0: Hey, everybody. It's Eric Taylor, founder of Salon Republic. And in this episode of The Hair Game, we talk to Tab Salzman. We were turned on to Tab by Andrew Does Hair, who said, Tab Salzman is my mentor. He's inspired me. He taught me how to be great in this business. Tab gives real-life, hardcore, tactical advice to all beauty pros. I think this is so valuable. Hope you like it. Thanks so much, Tab, for being here. Thank you. And so let's go ahead and start with the first question, which is, tell us about your career. When did you start, and uh, what have you been doing?
1: Uh, Let's see, so I've been doing hair for 16 years now, I'm 35. And I got into hair out of uh, a complete, complete fluke. It was uh, Halloween right after I graduated high school. I was doing my girlfriend's hair at the time for Halloween. And I had no idea I was doing. What, What was she? Well, we decided to go as gothic kids because okay. they celebrate Halloween every day. So we figured we should celebrate them. <laughs> and uh, I have a lot of friends that were gothic and stuff because and, I was into heavy metal. Still am. So I'm like crimping and curling and backcombing. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I did know that it was fun. And from having a music background, I thought, well, I have a lot of friends who were hairdressers and then became rock stars. So I thought it was mm. like a very easy transition to like make your own hours look how you want. Mm-hmm. It's a very artistic thing. And I figured I will do the hair thing until my band gets signed. 16, later, 16 years later, uh, I have no regrets. Wow. No regrets at all.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, All right, so where have you been working?
1: Uh, well, I've, I've predominantly worked in Orange County, California, uh, with a brief stint up here in L.A. And um, coming to L.A. was one of my... Better things, and also one of my worst things at the same time, which we could probably talk about a later thing. But okay. I've always worked in Southern California, okay. and uh, I started out with Tony and Guy. I
0: oh, woof woof. Well, I know we have all sorts of people here at Salon Republic. <laughs>
1: um, but I got hired for uh, at Vidal Sassoon and Tony and Guy on the same day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when you're in, in school. Getting hired at both those places was kind of—I would assume it would be like getting accepted for law at Harvard and mm-hmm. Yale. Yep. So you're like, where do I go? Right. And I didn't think you go—you could have a bad choice. Um, something about Tony and I just had—it just drew me in more, uh, and so I went that route. Do you route. remember what that was? It, for me, it just seemed to be, at that particular time, that culture was more open okay. to pushing the limits. Yep. And makes sense. I, you know, we're talking early 2000s, yep. that really appealed to me because I, I, I like pushing the limits and the boundaries and challenging uh, the status quo, uh, not in a rebellious way, but really in an intellectual, like, is this the way things always have to be done because they've always been done that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I liked.
0: Right. Right. That's pretty cool. So what kind of turned us on to you? was the interview that we did with Andrew Does Hair. And I asked Andrew, uh, who has been the greatest influence or what has been the greatest influence on, on your career? And he said, Tab Salzman. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know Tab. And then I want to say it was literally like two weeks later that uh, I was, that we were both at Barbarella yep. and, and we met each other and, and I didn't put it together at, yeah. at that moment. <laughs> It was really loud, too. Yeah, it so was like, really loud, <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't really sure if you said tab or tad or what. Yeah. But um, so uh, so I thought, okay, that's tab. So, you know, um, Andrew, like, uh, waxed admiration about you for, for quite a while. So uh, we thought it'd be awesome to sit down with you. So so, what was it that, that, you, that you have from a business perspective that you were able to give Andrew that was so valuable?
1: Well, so... Andrew always says, he credits me with uh, not, what was it, he told somebody at Barbarella, like, he's the reason I didn't quit haircutting, he's the <laughs> reason, and I'm like, dude, you're giving me all this praise and I appreciate <laughs> it, but at the end of the day, I just didn't want to, I saw a, fr- a guy, a friend who, I've, I mean, I taught him how to job when he's in beauty school, you know, I've known him forever, and I was just a little bit further ahead in the game than he was in, in the industry, so I had a little bit more insight when he came out of beauty school, and... I'd seen him have all this talent and he was thinking about quitting hair and just doing guitar making or something else and I was like why why and and the the struggle he had is that he thought his salon owner had told him you have to do color you right. have to do women's hair right. and I said well I think that's I don't I don't know really to custom you can say bullshit it was bullshit <laughs> and I told him I go and when I was in school they said you color was where you made all your money and I said I'd rather be happy and make ends meet, Thin rich and miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, I never fell in love with doing color. I love seeing beautiful color. I love the people who love doing color. I'm just not one of those people. That's not my gig. Mm-hmm. I like cutting. It mm-hmm. reminds me of architecture. It's just, you know, it's shape, a, shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I would draw, I'd always draw in marker. So it's very similar to hair cutting. Once, you, once you make that mark on the pen, the pen and the paper. Good luck trying to erase it. Mm -hmm. Now we have extensions. So Mm -hmm. that could have come in handy a few times. Um, But I I really sat with him, and he he said, let's get tacos. So we got tacos. And if you read his ADH book, he talks like, can I buy you some tacos?
0: Yeah, yeah. He talked about buying the tacos. (laughs) (laughs) Tacos is
1: like our joke, you know, taco time.
0: (laughs) Totally. Um, I was actually going to have tacos, but we ran out of time and I forgot. So imagine that there are tacos. That would be great, yeah. (laughs) So the tacos thing, is, I asked him, I go, what are you trying to do? And
1: it wasn't so much like I was trying to gear him into what I was doing or, or what I thought he needed to, is that he had all the answers right there in front of him. He knew what he wanted to do, but he needed somebody to be like a Sherpa and like mm. pull it out of him. And what he was thinking, like, do I need, how do I need to do a better haircut? And the one thing I told him that I know for damn sure is there are a lot of successful, busy, financially successful hairdressers that are not technically good. Mm. They're not skilled, mm. they could care less about classes. Mm-hmm. But what they have that I've seen with technically skilled hairdressers who are amazing that are not making it as far as a paycheck, mm-hmm. they're not busy as in a salon, is they lack chairside manner. Mm-hmm. They lack the customer experience mm-hmm. and their presentation of how they show up to work. And right. showing up to work isn't like showing up in a monochromatic color like all black. I don't believe that. If that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do, but that doesn't mean you're a professional. Being a professional is how you show up, Mm -hmm. but that means are you on time? Right. What's your character like? Do Mm -hmm. you care? Are you empathetic? Are you sympathetic? are, Are you a human person who recognizes another human person? Right. Do you use the two ears and the one brain and not your mouth when you're listening to what they have to say? Most people have a hard, hard time keeping their mouth shut and they always want to respond, right. the act of listening is so much harder than the act of responding, totally. And so it was really, for me, hearing what his, what, like, how do you show up to work? And he was charging, I think, 20 or $20. 25 25. 25, hmm And I said, why don't you charge, you know, more? And he was like, oh, I can't. And so I told him my own personal story, but I didn't tell him it was my own personal story. It was a, it's a, a thing I do when I'm out there teaching, and people are asking about how do you raise your prices or how do you go about it? And they say, oh, I, they're always looking for some reason to justify their price increase, right? Like, like right. all of a sudden they wake up,
0: oh, it's price increase day. Right, Woo. Right, right.
1: doesn't or, happen. Or I
0: just went to a class oh. and now I feel like yep. I can $5 justify. $5 more. $5 yeah, yeah. more.
1: See that? See that piece of paper? Right. $5 more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I didn't, I don't subscribe to that. So I, I said, let's say tomorrow. Let's say you're Andrew, right? but you're not, your Eric. So yeah. I'd be like, Eric, yes. how much do you charge?
0: $25. $25?
1: Yeah. Tomorrow you're going to charge $50. Would you do anything different tomorrow than what you're doing today? And he started writing down all of these things. So I'd probably show up on time. I'd probably remember my client's name. I probably wouldn't wear shorts and a white T-shirt. i probably... He started writing all these things. He's up his game. All those things that he knows... That he should be doing. Yeah. yeah. If he was charging more. And I said, the reason you're not going to charge $50 is because you don't do these things. You don't charge the price and then do these things. You do these things to charge the price. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I think, like, the taco fell out of his mouth. (laughs) The salsa got the place. But I think that really hit him hard. Yeah. It's not about, I mean, the technique and skill level definitely plays a part of retention. Like, if you don't listen and and you don't have the skills to back it up, like, People are gonna slowly find out that you're not good. Mm-hmm. But if you're a decent hairdresser, and you're a better listener, and you're better with your chair manner, you have a much greater potential for longevity. Seeing that, I had friends I went to beauty school with who were killing it, making lots of money behind the chair. And they were not technically skilled. I mean, I always joked around, I was overtrained in more areas than all of my peers, but I was also undertrained in other areas. Mm. What happened for me is when I left Tony and Guy, uh, and I went up to LA. I went from charging sixty dollars, literally overnight, to charging one hundred and twenty at wow. the Beverly Hills salon. Wow! So when I told him, "Would you do anything differently?" I lived that moment. Yeah, sure. So what did I do right? What did I do wrong? All those things. I lived literally overnight, charging one hundred and twenty. Now I had a great background, cutting education, but what I learned through like whether it's the phrase "baptism through fire." Yep. I learned what it takes. To quantify that extra sixty dollars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't the, it wasn't the haircut. Yeah, it was everything else, and not that I was like great at all of it, nor was bad at all of it. There was stuff that came more natural. There was stuff that did not come natural. Yep, you know, like waking up early to get right. there on time. That right. that's not a natural thing. I like
0: to you know, so I wanted to
1: stay up late. I was living in L.A. Right. I was like twenty-two.
0: You were staying out late. Yeah, and all those things that, that, that we you like do. to do. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about those details. So showing up on time. Huge, yeah. right, that so few people do sometimes.
1: Guilty of it I, I, all the time. I yep. mean, I, now I have a, a three-month-old baby, you know, so that, that, that stops me. But, I, it, you know, I think that's something I personally struggle with even to this day. Yeah. Do I show up on time? I try to do my best every single day. Right. Uh, but it's, it's the one thing I would be absolutely transparent on. That's the one pillar of the principles that I talked to Andrew about that I know I'm, I, need,
0: I always need to work on. So showing up on time, yeah. w- w- what else? Like being there, being, receptive being, to your client. Being present. Being present mentally, mentally. Emotionally.
1: Everything. Whatever
0: happened leaves when you enter that salon. Right. You know, one thing that I hear, I'm going to interject quickly. Leaves. You know, for 17 years that, that I've been in this industry, one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing is yeah. talking to clients out there. And over 17 years, I've probably spoken to a thousand uh, just people who are clients. They get their mm-hmm. hair done. And so I asked them, where do you go, you know, uh, what salon do you go to, who do you see, how yeah. much do you pay, how often do you go, what do you like about it, what do you not like about it, you know, how often do you switch hairstylists. And something that I hear all the time is, you know, I, I left this hairdresser, she did a good job, but she was always so negative. I would get in their chair, and I would get in her chair, and she would start just um, telling me all these horrible things about her boyfriend or about, you know, this was happening in her life and she wasn't making enough money and this was mm-hmm. horrible or her pet just died. And she would just vent the whole time and, and so I had to go somewhere else. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's an example. Not bedside manners, right?
1: No. No, the chairside manner is, is, is doing that, is not doing that. It's, right. it's keeping that at the door. Right. Um, The other thing is, particularly with a new client, and this is what I would always hear, is the new client that comes in your chair, they'd say, oh, the hairdresser who was doing my hair was really good, but the first two times. And then for that, they started slacking off. Totally. So one of the things I told Andrew is that you're only as good as your last haircut. It's Mm -hmm. not like the last haircut of the day. And this could go for blow-dry color, whatever it is, whatever you do. It's just that, that last, service with that person is your is their memory with you right you know how many times have you gone to a restaurant that you love
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they just want the, all it takes is one time that they're not on their game right you start questioning do i want to come here again right especially if you're spending a lot of money right and you're spending a lot of money and you're spending a lot of time with somebody right so do you want to value your time and your money with that particular person right so when they tell you that that's a huge clue that they they're on it they're watching you yeah you know, um, so, so to keep that level high, keep that level high, every time they come in, you should be, ask, you should be talking to them like you've never had a consultation with them. Right. The, the second and third consultations are, have different questions to begin the conversation, like, how did you like the last service? How did it grow out? Did it mm-hmm. get brassy? Did it this? You know, mm-hmm. those are different questions, but you still need to have that same f- like focus and, right. and really zeroing in, are you doing the best you can for that client? Right. And if you're not, can you change that? To make that experience better. Right. And I don't think we're ever perfect hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But I think you gotta clue in got to clue in with that.
0: Like And be got to, conscious about it. Yeah. Right? And, and don't ex- go on cruise control. Never. Yeah. You, you know, go, the formula's in, in the book and you, you think she's gonna want the same formula over and, and you've got it nailed, but maybe she wants something different.
1: That happened to me. I did a haircut on a regular client and then it came to blow dry her hair and she said, Oh, by the way, you know, Tap, I don't part my hair here anymore. I flipped it to the, this side, <laughs> and I had cut the whole haircut <laughs> to this side. So what did I learn? I look at every time you make a mistake, it's only a mistake and a failure if you don't realize there's an education sure. involvement. Like, did you learn from that? I did, so what did I learn? Have you? Where do you part your hair? Yeah, yeah. Are you still parting at the same spot? Right. Do you change it? The consultation. The consultation. Yeah. The consultation can alleviate so many bad services yeah. and, and bad results if you take the time and not stand behind them. Grab the stool. Sit down. Look at mm-hmm. my eye, eye. Get on their level. Like yeah. l- literally, if you're sitting down, you're uh, you're on their level. Literally yeah. on their level. If you're standing up, and you are talking down to them. Right. These are all subtle forms of body language that I think can intimidate a client. So if you come around and you're sitting like this, they're going to be more candid with you. They yeah. don't have to shout at you through the mirror.
0: Right.
1: They're going to just quietly tell you what's going on.
0: And I think that you know, from from the standpoint of, of a client, which I am. You know, the, the sense of service and hospitality and giving a shit Yeah. Is, is so strong, you know, if the hairdresser does that. Yeah. Every time, I mean, I, I would be impressed, you know, if a hairdresser did that every single time and yeah. I would really feel like, wow, this person really, really cares.
1: That, I mean, th- that's the one thing I feel it doesn't take any money to ask questions and care about the people. It doesn't take any fame from instagram and social media to do those things right. this is something that you can implement like in the next hour if you're in the salon watching this you could do this with your long-time client that you've had you know mary sue for 12 years you can go hey mary sue you can ask those questions and it will fill for that client like it's the first time all over again where you care and you really do ch- care about them because you know if you don't have your clients you you don't have a job right you know that's really what it comes down to right so uh I think that is a huge practice. I think the other thing is being where, being not only on time for the salon to show up, but being on time for all your clients.
0: Of course. And so I was gonna get into the time issue, right? I mean, if you're gonna be conscious about with every one of your clients, even the ones Mm -hmm. who've been there for, you've been with you for 10 years, right? You've got to account for that time. You're gonna spend five or 10 minutes, but I I think it's so valuable that it's, it's, it's yeah. very good information. And
1: not to try and rush the rest of your clients. If, if right. you're running five or 10 minutes behind and your client after you who's been with you a while, they know that you're not gonna rush them. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather run late all day yeah. and do great quality work and do the best customer service I can yeah. versus missing those two, just to run on time,
0: Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, any other like, tactical things that, that would fall into this category? A bedside manners, experience, um, you know, like offering some refreshments or, or things like that. Any, yeah, any, I mean, any of that? A- Anything about maybe the, um, you know, the, the end of the service?
1: Well, the end of the service, to me, you know, I think every, um, there's so many different salon setups these days. So you have commission-based salons where usually they have a front desk that checks them out. Some of the booth renters, they check out their own clients. Uh, if you're in a salon suite, you're doing all of it yourself. Yeah. So one of the things that I do notice in booth rent salons where the front desk can check out your client is that hairdressers are afraid of money. Like, they're afraid of talking about yeah. it. They like making it. Right. They don't ever want to interact with it with their client. They're, right. like, so weird Uncomfortable. About I don't understand that. Yeah. Because you just did the work, and you're proud about the work, and they enjoyed it, and they want to pay you for your work. They expect to. They expect to. <laughs> like, nobody said, like, They have the money in their the money. pocket. Yes, right? exactly. Waiting. Exactly. So to me, that is the one thing is that they they're expecting to pay. Yes. And gladly take their money. Yes. The other thing that I found is in our salon where we have we have, we have robes to change the clients into. And if they have a shirt hung up in the back because they did like a bleach service or whatever and they don't want to get it worn out for uh, the color, you know, before they change, I'll take the the cape off, but they have the robe on. Before you go and change, I just want to show you the few products I use on you. Not to take them today, but if I'm not here I'm gone traveling. You know where they live in the salon door. You can just go up and buy them. Mm-hmm. So it's these two products. What I found oh, every single time, when they take the, cape, the robe off and they put their shirt on, they're ready to head out the door. But with, <laughs> mm-hmm. when they have the robe on, they're still in that emotional buy. And they love the way they look. They love the way they feel. It's a, it's a very emotional moment. It's a transformational moment. And purchasing that product is a way for them to like, solidify that this, this transformation is going to continue beyond right. the salon. So I think retailing is a huge part yes. of that. A lot of hairdressers go, oh, well, oh, that product's like $74. Well, $74 may be a lot to you and how you manage your money and your budget. Yeah. But if you're charging a $300 service, they have the money or yeah. they've budgeted the money
0: yeah.
1: to, to do that. Um, one of the, something uh, I learned early on from my mom who, who was in sales for years, she said, don't spend somebody else's pocketbook with your money
0: don't spend somebody else's pocketbook with your money
1: like the way i value money right it's not how you value money sure so right. like a thousand dollars for assume. you don't assume yeah. so a thousand dollars for you is like a drop in the bucket thousand right. dollars for me could be like everything totally and and don't assume that they are going to tell you no or they are going to tell you yes yeah but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take this you know and that's what Wayne Gretzky said i right. I love hockey so like yep. I, that to me is like E- take every opportunity to 100% and, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But you never know if you can close that deal.
0: Right. So um, talk about business. You're a business person outside of just your hairdressing. You have a a, a bag line called uh, Tools and Bags, correct? Yep. yeah. So let's look at your bags.
1: Oh, oh you know what? They're behind.
0: Right. I'll grab them. Okay. Okay.
1: So... All right, so when
0: did you start this? So why did you start this line and and, uh, when?
1: Okay, so uh, I'm an educator. I travel. And when you travel, your needs change, right? You don't realize that you need smaller bottles of shampoo until they throw your giant one out at the checkout in the TSA line, right? Mm -hmm. So I like organization. I like knowing where my stuff is. And I needed something that carried what I was going to from point A to point B. Uh, and as an educator, and you're in an your academy setting, you see people come in and they have like these canvas tote bags that say Trader Joe's or or, or uh, you know whatever free purse bag or whatever. Yeah. And there's stuffs flying around. I mean, I I have seen people their scissors hit the ground and now their scissors <laughs> are like ruined for the whole cutting yeah, class. They're like, how do I cut now? It's like, yeah. well, should have should have had a shear case, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things I also noticed too is that uh, everything was leather. And there's a lot of people who are limited because they don't want to hurt animals. They don't want to, they want something that was a v, uh, animal sure. conscious. So I wanted to do something like if I'm going to make something, it has to be acceptable for everyone, even those who don't want to touch leather. Like mm-hmm. I, I have leather shoes on right now. Mm-hmm. I do eat meat, but it's not to say that um, I want everyone to, to not touch leather. I decided that a, an, a, a canvas or a, a cloth bag was better. So that way you can also wash it, sure. sanitize it if you need to. Uh, but yeah, so I we uh, I launched this. Let's see, uh, right now we're two thousand and seventeen. This okay. is August, right? Okay. Are we in August? We're in August. We're right in now. August. Okay. Uh, two thousand and sixteen Black Friday, we launched this. Okay. And uh, so you know, I, saw, I, I started this, and uh, it's it it's the resonate. It's resonating with people. Uh, educators are liking it. I mean, it's great because um, as a hairdresser, I, I mean, I do work with. I educate for one brand right now. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is, is that I'm able to work with other educators across other brands it's the one thing that allowed me to work with my friends and other tribes right Mm -hmm. every hair company is its own tribe and its own thing but at the end of the day we're all using tools we're all educating we're Mm -hmm. all traveling and I needed something I figured if I needed it there's somebody else that needs something too and uh, now like Andrew as we were talking earlier him and I are going to collaborate on something
0: yeah okay so
1: can you tell us or is it a secret we'll announce it when we announce it but we but we're gonna work on something okay and um, we've been dying to figure out a way to, for ADH and tools and bags mm-hmm. to collaborate. And we think we found the perfect solution cool. and if it's successful, there'll be more of that along with other collaborations. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're really trying That's to, awesome. I, I want to, you know, kind of challenge the idea of like, you know, how does a, a company work? How does it run? How are profits made, mm-hmm. how are profits distributed to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to really, uh, do something for hairdressers to make their lives easier or make it, you know, feel cooler or whatever, whatever it is that you're, you're looking at. But right. I just think that, you know, someone needs to shake it up a bit.
0: I love it. So where does somebody find one of these? Toolsandbags.com. Toolsandbags spelled out Yep. So T-A-B, TAB, the acronym for Tools and Bags, TAB. Yeah. Huh? Eh? Huh? Everybody got that? Well, <laughs> everybody would ask me, what's your name
1: mean? They thought my name was shorter for something, so I jokingly... Gave myself a meaning for my name.
0: I really appreciate you coming. Is there anything else that you want to add? Thank you for having me
1: and I hope this is not the last time.
0: Oh I hope not. I appreciate you listening to this episode of The Hair Game more than you can believe. Please share it and give us a review so we know how we're doing. Check out our video content on salonrepublic.com and our Instagram at salonrepublic. Love you guys.